doing it. Welcome back, everybody, to the Excellent Podcast. This is the show where we sit down and watch every single episode of Regular Show and give you a breakdown. I am your co-host, Jason. And I am your other co-host, Josh. I'm drinking a uh, strawberry Atkins protein shake. You know what I'm drinking is water. You know why? Why? It's because I am just getting out of being sick. I had a very sore uh, throat. Um, how, it, how, it feels like everybody's getting sick today. Or yeah. no, for the past, like week i was gonna ask how are you feeling because i was kind of around other sick people i'm feeling amazing okay well that's good yeah it like we said in the last episode it is kind of the winter season over here uh we got Mm -hmm. hit with a crazy crazy snowstorm and i had mentioned that i got stuck twice and i had to freaking dig myself out with a not a snow shovel but a spade shovel because like i needed something heavy duty to actually break the ice that's how bad it was like the actual metal shovel that you would use to like dig stuff up from gr- from the ground. Yes, it was that bad. Oh, God. It was terrible. Um, so I stayed in our little hometown area for, I think, uh, over a week, which is kind of a longer oh. time for me to be out of the city. But the reason I did that is because uh, the weather was nicer that week, so I was waiting for all the snow to melt. So that way, when yeah. I parked back at where I park all the snow was melted and my plan worked so yeah i was gonna say like um you know how a couple of weeks ago we had like that arctic storm and everything and so and so everything was uh iced and snow over yeah and then cut to this past week everything is all cleared and like rainy it almost looks like spring the rain definitely helped it uh technically 40 degrees isn't nice but to us like people who it's live in so Chicago, better. it is nice. Uh, but next week on Thursday, it's going to be fifty-four degrees. Like what? Damn. I'm on in a February. Mm-hmm. That's I I don't know, man. What what? It's a tough topic, or it's a really hot topic. But global warming. Do you believe? Um. Well, I remember last winter. It was like we we barely got any snowfall. We only got like two mm-hmm. major snows and they were both like not as crazy as the one that we just got. And I think that Illinois set the record for the hottest winter in like a decade or something. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, so I I don't know. I global warming wise, I guess it was good that we got a legit winter this year, but it didn't last for mm-hmm. too long, you know? No, but it's good to know that at least uh, it's not like 60 50 degrees in the midwest mm-hmm. in a on january yeah that's true but uh, and who knows like i could totally see the snow coming back because we've we've had snow all the way up until april so oh yeah you know you know what i've actually been seeing what so there's this guy on tiktok i forgot his name but he he's from chicago so he does this, uh, have you seen a trend where people will say like, oh, I'm, I'm from Chicago. Of course we do this. Oh yeah. It's like, I'm from Chicago. Of course I never put ketchup on my hot dog. I'm from Chicago. Of course I call it a front room, you know? Exactly. So <laughs> was it the one of them was that he did was like, I'm from Chicago. Of course we experienced all four seasons in one day. Exactly, man. So I have this hoodie. Uh, it's called a quick flip. You might've seen it on like, I think Shark Tank or something. I think so. Basically, it acts as a normal hoodie, but then you could take it off. You flip it upside down, and you turn it inside out, and it turns into a drawstring bag. Oh, my God. Wait, yeah. And it is super cool. I love my, my quick flip hoodie. It, it's become super helpful in, like, airports when, like, I, I like, got to take stuff off. Or, like, for example, if you live in the Midwest or place where you have every season in one day... Uh, it's annoying where in the morning I have to be wearing a coat, but at 2 p.m. when I'm coming home, it's, like, super hot outside, you know? Yeah. So the hoodie helps with that. What else was I going to say? Oh, uh, I've, I've seen this recently where well, people have, like, I guess the big puffy jackets, but if you take it off, they have, like, strap-ons. So you can just take off the sleeves or what, or you can take off the jacket, and the jacket just becomes, like, a backpack, essentially. Mm-hmm. See, it's... I forgot what brand it is, but it's almost like your drawstring one. But I think 
less um, maybe useful. Yeah, like that. I don't know. Like you just have to like sort of improvise, adapt, and overcome with these sort of things. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I I've been having like a like a pretty good day, you know. Again with the whole like sickness thing, but you know, I I think I have maybe one more day of Dayquil until <laughs> I'm feeling better. I actually popped the Dayquil right before we started recording. Oh, nice. So, you want to help me get through my sickness? What's your sickness? Well, not right now, but when I was sick, it was uh, Robitussin. Oh, mm, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, people abuse Robitussin. Yeah, well, I was smart with it, okay? I'm not well, that you, kind of person. You were actually sick, you know? Yes. You're using yes. it as it was intended. So, oh gosh, so this one time at band camp, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> um, this was sophomore year. And there was this there was this girl on the drum line where uh, no. she was she was kind of popping the tussin a lot, and we <laughs> I were didn't sp- say it like that <laughs> the the tussin. So we were supposed to be in formation. I think at like eight thirty a.m. Um, like mm-hmm. on the marching field, ready to go, like geared up with all of our drums. Uh, she mm-hmm. wasn't there, mm-hmm. and I think uh, I think her roommate. <laughs> But yeah, um, she ended up losing her her dorm, and she had to freaking commute to school, and that really sucks. Well, well providing that because she lived far away, that's why she was dorming in the first place. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's why people dorm, anyways. Even if they live, I don't know, maybe just for the experience. Yeah, you know, I lived very close to my uh, college, but I wanted to dorm. My parents wanted me to dorm because they wanted to get you, they wanted you to fuck out. <laughs> well, probably, but no, um, they they wanted me to get like the full college experience, and not saying that if you're like a commuter that you can't. Um, no, no, of course not. You can still experience college, uh, college life even if you still live at home. I do. Yeah, totally. Um, I remember my senior year, I was uh, visiting my friend at college so much for that like a two-month period i was basically dorming there and i was living the college life as a senior so it's fun but yeah no speaking of band camp i didn't really take band but you did uh yes and i played percussion for um around 10 years or i guess there was that one uh year i started off with the euphonium and switched to percussion that was definitely my instrument and I got to play a whole lot of different instruments, at least 150 of them. And, oh my gosh, that is the title of today's episode. We will be watching Season 4, Episode 5, 150 Pieces of Shit. I mean, Kit. <laughs> pieces of Shit! Did you actually mean to say that? <laughs> I, no, I've been, I've been waiting for that. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I was about to say like, why are you, why are you downing your own uh, instrument section? Now here's the thing: percussion is hands down the best and coolest section out of the whole band. Yeah. Whether it be an orchestra or marching band, you know, like especially like when you're in drumline at football mm-hmm. games, you know, we you you could were the loudest you could be heard from blocks away and all yep. like the football fans and parents would be all like oh like you guys are the coolest section in the band you know cuz like it's drumming mm-hmm. you hit stuff yeah and that's um, jake yeah exactly so short member jake is a drummer he's more of a drum set player and uh so, so am i but i'm more into like rudimental drumming so there's there's a difference between a whole bunch of types of drums that's a whole different uh, education there on for me. Yeah, and we're gonna see a bunch of uh, instruments in here, and I I have I I'm not gonna like try to hide it. You guys already know how I feel about this episode. I'm a drummer. This episode is really good. On the topic of music, that kind of made me think about different musicians. Uh, specifically, I don't know how I got this, but uh, dead musicians that sort of like carry on a legacy you know you think of dead musicians and a couple of them come to mind so josh i'm looking at a list of the top five most famous dead musicians stevie wonder stevie wonder is not on the list are you serious not on the top five but i I believe he was on the on the top 10 at least elvis so elvis is number one okay that given um prince Prince is not there. Not on the top five. Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson is two. 
Oh, cool. Well, right, well um, mu- musicians doesn't mean that like you could be a singer as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, they yeah, still yeah. count. Mm-hmm. So one one person on this list, he was in a very famous band in the '90s, the whole oh, uh, grunge era. Come no, as you I. Are. Wait. Say it again. Come as you are. It sounds so familiar. I don't remember. <laughs> he um. The, the way he died is he he unalives himself. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll tell you. Sure. So, number five is Kurt Cobain. Ah, damn it. Yeah, I, I, it was on the tip of your tongue, I could tell. It, it was. All these musicians are tip of... Uh, so, Elvis, Kurt Cobain. There's, there's two more people on this list. There's a guy and a girl. And the, the guy mm. passed away, I believe, in the late 80s or early, early 90s through complications of AIDS. He gave what the most famous performance of Live Aid ever in 1985. He was known for his... Oh, uh, wait. Uh, oh, yeah. my God. Now it's on my... T- oh, my God. Um, Jesus. He was part Ayo. of Queen. He was part of Queen on us. Ayo. Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Freddie Mercury is number three. And then number four, I'd, I'm not sure if you're going to get this. Um, um, it is. It is Whitney Houston. No, I no, yeah, I would have guessed. I I would have guessed her, but yeah. Um. So our list is Kurt Cobain, Whitney Houston, Freddie Mercury, Michael Jackson, and Elvis Presley. That's a very <clears throat> stacked list. I imagine they all did a song together. Yo, that would be the feature of the century. Exactly, that's for sure. Um. But yeah, a lot of famous dead musicians that carry on a legacy. Uh, one that was not on the top five was Neil Peart. Um, and he was known for being a famous drummer in the rock band Rush. And fun fact, a little sneak peek to lunchtime, but this episode was heavily inspired by Neil Peart. So without further ado, let's get on to regular chat. Regular chat. We're breaking down the show, so we'll open up the internet. We'll ask them what they know. AI never gets a writing. That's what we'll see. It's a regular show on ChatGPT. It's time for a regular chat. Sit down for a regular chat. And stop. Welcome to Regular Chat. This is a pre-segment to the show where we say, hey, ChatGPT. What happens in the regular show episode 150-piece kit? All right, so in the regular show episode 150-piece kit, according to ChatGPT, Rigby becomes obsessed with putting together a massive model toy kit that consists of 150 pieces. Despite being warned about the difficulty, Rigby is determined to complete it, and as he struggles with the intricate assembly, the task becomes increasingly challenging, leading to comedic situations. The episode highlights his perseverance and the humorous consequences of his ambitious undertaking. Alright, we're gonna channel that for now and see at the end if ChatGPT was accurate or inaccurate. Let's get on with the episode. We start off with a morning meeting in front of the house. Everyone is sitting on the house steps while Benson is making his usual announcements. He starts off by saying, all right, everyone, quiet down. We all got to set up for a band. And everybody is uh, questioning, talking amongst themselves, asking, well, what kind of band is it, Benson? Benson tells them that it's not really important, but Mordecai keeps talking and says what's the matter we only want to know what the band is and benson gives a very shallow answer hair to the throne and this causes everyone to gasp and start like geeking over hair to the throne rigby shouts one of the greatest living bands of all time is coming to the park muscle man exclaims saying like this is huge hair to the throne got me through high school And everyone is talking very excitedly, but Benson is not happy. He he looks very annoyed. Mordecai then asks Benson, you gotta tell us everything. Do we get to meet them? And Muscle Man also chimes in and asks, how about backstage passes? Are they gonna play the sweet drum solo off their first album? The most epic drum solo in history? You've heard it right, Benson. Then Rigby kind of adds on to this kind of teasing moment, saying, I guess you're kind of out of touch, huh? This is getting even more annoying to Benson as he's starting to turn red. 
he finally explodes and saying, Oh, I've heard it because it was me. I performed that drum solo. Everyone stays quiet for a second and then they all start laughing in disbelief that he didn't actually play that drum solo. Uh, Mordecai says, Get real, Benson. Yeah, we know you used to be in a band or whatever, but there's no way you played that solo. And then Benson starts groaning and says, Oh, just because I'm some lame manager, I can't play a solo? And they all agree saying, Yeah, because that solo features 150 pieces of percussion. Benson tells them that it's not that hard to play. Rigby comes back saying, it's dangerous for a person to play. I heard some guy in Denmark tried it and his skeleton caught on fire. So then Benson steps up to the challenge saying, so how about I play the solo then? If you want to hear some real drumming and not some artificial garbage, I'll be performing the legendary solo right before the concert. And as he says this, the uh, a tour bus drives right past him with a crowd full of fans running past him. They all catch up to where the bus parked. And then we get to meet the band members. There's three of them. So have you ever, like, met or at least, like, been in the presence of a celebrity before? A few times, yeah. Uh, who were they? Brandon Rouse. Uh, I think Lou Ferrigno. Stan Lee from, like, a way far distance. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, Who else? And I think that's about... It. That's all I could think of. I actually no, those are probably the only three that I, that I actually sort of met. I've I've been to a good amount of concerts. Well, <laughs> the first ever concert I went to was when I was three years old, and it was the Wiggles. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. That I would have liked to be. Oh yeah, um, I touched Ashton Irwin from Five Sauce at a concert one time, and um, I, I think was... I remember. Yeah, and I also went to their private uh, VIP soundcheck where they performed like an like some unreleased songs and did a question and answer sec uh, session before the actual concert. So that was pretty cool. Um, I met Rain Wilson and I like talked to him face to face at this like mm-hmm. event that he was speaking at. Um, and then, but as for bands, I I didn't meet him, <clears throat> but when I was I think nine years old. I was in Washington, D.C. at the Air and Space Museum, and apparently Bon Jovi was there. Oh, what? And Yeah, uh, they, like, spotted him on the security cameras, and the word got around, be like, yeah, Bon Jovi's here, Bon Jovi's here. So that was pretty cool. I mean, didn't you go to a, two years ago, uh, didn't you go to a concert with Jake? Uh, yeah, uh, me and... If you guys remember on the podcast, me and Jake got to see Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett in concert. And um, there's a little bit of a Motley Crue reference in this episode that we're going to get to. But yeah, uh, this uh, a lot of people in Schwam like to listen to rock and a lot of like things in general. So um, that's that's what a part of the reason why I like this episode. The park gang walk up to the three band members. The band says, oh, you must be the park workers. And Rigby's like, yeah, dude. And then Mordecai's like, oh, of course, we know you guys. Gunvar von Strauss, lead guitar. Agi Agastrom, lead vocals. The bass player. And he goes down the list of, like, everyone in the band. But, of course, the joke here is nobody really pays attention to the bass player, like, ever. I'm not sure if these names are supposed to, like, be referenced to real musicians. Um, like, the the middle guy. So, the first guy has, like, green hair. The second guy has, like, a... His hair is kind of like Brian May, but, like, blonde. And his name is also Augie Augustrom. And I'm not sure if that's supposed to be, like, Ozzy Osbourne. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And then the the bass player guy, we don't even know his name. He kind of has like this brown fringe type. You can't like see his eyes. Um, but then Rigby says, oh, where's the... <gasps> and then all of a sudden a big box truck comes. And out of the little uh, trunk lift in the back, they unveil the Drumatron VI. And it's like this little mixing board, uh, little drum MIDI set. It almost looks like there's a karaoke boxes that you would see in uh, certain bars or even in a Filipino home. Yeah, so the Drumatron VI gets unloaded and then it starts to play this drum solo. 
That was the most realistic drum fill I've ever heard. Benson, from across the room, kind of says all snide. He's like, that fill was a joke. Tell them, Augie. Tell them the Drumatron is ripping off my solo. And then Augie's all like, oh, you've never played that solo, Benson. Gunner says, the Drumatron VI played that solo. Always has, always will. And it's impossible to play. And Benson is all like, oh yeah? Well, I'm going to play it before the concert. I'm going to show the world the truth. And then the band members kind of like mock him. They're all like, oh, you're totally going to play that solo. Um, so... What's being revealed here is that apparently Benson used to be a part of this band. Um, and you could kind of look at Benson and you could also look at the the rock stars. They look nothing alike because the rock stars look, well, like all 80s and stuff. And Benson's just like a regular old, like average Joe guy. So, he, Yeah, he and he's shorter. He's a lot shorter than them. Yeah, and also Benson uh, apparently lost his hair because Augie makes fun of him being like, Oi, what happened to your hair, Benson? And Benson gets all red. He's like, it's hereditary. And then Augie points at him being like, ha, ah, look at this chrome dome. And Benson says, chrome dome? Chrome dome? Chrome dome? Chrome dome? And then the drumatron kind of like mocks him, making him all high-pitched. And then everyone's all impressed by that. Um, Gunner goes to the rest of the park members being like, now we have a surprise for you lot. We're making you our honorary roadies. And he pulls out a bunch of like backstage passes and everyone's all excited and they're like putting them on. They're like on lanyards. Gunner uh, tries to offer, offer it to Benson. He's like, hey, Benson. But then Benson slaps it out of his hand. Be like, I'm not your roadie. He turns to Mordecai and Rigby be like, hey, you two, come on. You're going to help me get the rest of my kit. Then Mordecai and Rigby are like, oh, what? But we're honorary roadies. And then Benson's like, hey, I'm still your boss. I'm not asking. I'm telling. Now, come on. And <laughs> Mordecai and Rigby kind of groan. And I mean, I I could kind of relate to Mordecai and Rigby because obviously you just want to hang out with like a famous rock band all day. You're not trying to do your mm -hmm. regular old job. I mean, and out of everybody else, he Benson had to pick them too. Yeah, true. And as they walk away, Augie kind of yells at them, being like, Oh, go ahead, Benson, you're only going to embarrass yourself. And then we clock wipe to the next scene. So the next scene shows is a quick little dark uh, frame, but then it re it's revealed that we are inside Benson's storage room, uh, somewhere off in the city. And inside that storage room is his uh, drum kit. As Benson opens up the door, he steps back a little and kind of reminisces and says, Well, there it is, the 150-piece kit I used to play that solo. And then he turns over to Mordecai and Rigby, and he's in disbelief, and he says, Are you clowns even listening to me? And we see that Mordecai and Rigby are playing with their roadie badges. They're both chuckling, and Benson says, like, Oh, come on, it can't be that interesting. Rigby shows him the badge and he says, but it's holographic. And we get to see Rigby kind of play with the uh, holographic roadie badge. And it's a, uh, I'm guessing a demon. Would it be a demon or is that like Satan? It's kind of a demon devil and he's... Demon devil, yeah. Yeah, what's he doing? He's holding a a guitar and he's, he's about to, he's holding it against a... Uh, a person with a roadie badge, same one as Mordecai and Rigby, but if he flips it to to the other side, it shows the demon slicing that roadie's head off, and it's actually kind of fun to play around with, honestly. Yeah, it's like one of those like 3D uh, things that you always used to play with as kids. Yep. So then Mordecai says, like, besides, having a bunch of drums doesn't mean you did the solo. Benson with his hand on his head saying just try and focus we only have a few hours and i really need your help both of them groan and then we cut to the next scene where it's a montage of everything being set up uh, and we hear drumming in the background and rock music being played first we see a wide shot of the entire stage it's looking really cool it has the band name on the top, Hair to the Throne. And then we get a close-up shot of Muscle Man pushing some cards off to the side. And then the band 
uh, doing a practice performance. Uh, we see light, or we see pops setting up the lights. I almost said lights setting up the pops. Hmm. Um, and then Skip's doing a sound check, uh, giving a thumbs up to Augie. And then we see four ladies uh, gushing over the Drumatron VI. Uh, then we get a scene of Mordecai Rigby moving Benson's drum kit to the pickup truck, looking all tired. And then Benson kind of pointing over to his watch saying, hurry up. Back at the stage, uh, the band is still performing. The park members are, I'm guessing, are done. So they're just enjoying themselves, eating whatever is on the snack table. Thomas, we finally see Thomas, is working pyrotechnics. He's actually uh, distracted by the holographic uh, roadie badges from like, like how Rigby was from earlier. But he stops to play with it and then presses a big red button, which sets off an explosion, a pyrotechnic explosion, and some fireworks. This can be seen from where Mordecai and Rigby are at the storage place. And they're both uh, in awe at the sight of it. They're both saying, whoa. The purpose of this montage is to display like... Mordecai and Rigby are stuck with the boring job, and then all of their coworkers get to like do the fun one, which is being a roadie. And, I mean, um, I I suppose being a roadie isn't that bad because you, is you're the one responsible for making the band look good. So there was a time in my life where I was a roadie. Um, my dad has a DJ company, and he actually started that company when he was a junior in high school, and he um and he's still doing it. And nice. so we've we've DJ like a whole bunch of places. Um, my favorite venue that I actually DJed at was um, Great Hall at Chicago Union Station. Ooh. And it's like a it's like the big big open area with like the, all the benches and like the high ceiling and stuff. Yeah. And I remember I I was in eighth grade, and I was I was out on a school night until like two a.m. or something like that. Like all the way mm-hmm. like in the city and i i remember i was like posting on instagram all night because i wanted to flex on the fellow eighth graders being all like yeah i'm i'm behind the dj booth um but, i think i remember actually yeah but you're right about being a roadie it's it's really fun but it is a lot of hard work um some people think that being a roadie is just hanging out with celebrities all day but really it's it's mostly moving heavy equipment, trying to run cables and doing a bunch of stuff. A lot of heavy lifting, a lot of late nights and things. Um, but still, like, the the fun that you get out of it is so worth it. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is, I mean, th- I, this thought just came to me. Like, it's almost the same as a film crew where you're there before the talent and then you're there after the talent. We cut back to Mordecai, Rigby, and Benson. Mordecai and Rigby are still trying to load drums. And Benson's like, all right, hurry up, guys. We still got more than half of these to load, each one heavier than the last. And then Mordecai and Rigby, who are still distracted by the fireworks, they kind of put down the drum. They're like, oh, we should probably get going, Benson. And Benson's like, what? Rigby's like, yeah, you seem to have this covered. See ya. And then they just ditch Benson. Um... And then Benson kind of yells back at them. He's like, hey, get back here. Come back and help me or you're fired. And he, he's holding a symbol and he throws it down on the ground. And obviously this was, this was animated by non-drummers because every single drummer that watched this just now, just their heart just crushed a little because no, no drummer would ever throw down their, their instrument like on hard concrete. It just makes me cringe so much. <laughs> but, how much how much anxiety did you have when he threw it? Uh, um, probably maybe a 7.5, 8 out of 10. Nice. Because um, I've had my fair share of drums falling. Benson kind of yells at them, being like, guys, I can't do this alone. And he kind of like trails off all sad. Um, we clock wipe over back to the stage. Uh, the band is now all set up. And Mordecai and Rigby, wearing their badges, go up to the band and they're like, Oh, good, you guys are back. Here to help out. And Mordecai's like, Oh, yeah, we are. Um, Augie says, The show's about ready to start. We just need a hand with one thing. 
and then they kind of start like laughing all evilly to themselves and Rigby's like what's so funny and they kind of laugh along all like nervously uh, across the park a big pan over we could see Benson setting up his uh, 150 piece kit um, there's like a whole bunch of toms there's a huge gong behind him that'll come into prominence later Benson's like all right just a few more trips and my kit will be back to its former glory and then I'll show them who could play that drum solo he gets back in his uh, pickup truck and he drives off and then Mordecai and Rigby pull up in the cart holding the three band members and Mordecai's like so uh, why do you guys want to ride here and Augie's like huh no reason and then they pull out like a crowbar and a huge mallet um, Benson meanwhile is driving back with a truck full of new equipment he's kind of like drumming to himself in the car and then he he gasps out of nowhere because he sees what's going on. We drive up to see the three band members destroying the shit out of Benson's kit. They're like breaking all the heads. They're crash like smashing the cymbals, throwing wind chimes, and then Mordecai and Rigby like, "Hey, stop! You guys are supposed to be cool." And Augie's all like, "We are cool. That's why we destroyed that loser's drum kit." Oh, and they actually say oh. So, put oh. that down. Mordecai is like, oh, no way. I don't care how good your first album was. You, you're just a bunch of jerks. And Augie's all like, fine. If that's how you feel, we're officially stripping you of your unofficial roadie status. And then Mordecai and Rigby just tear off their badges and then they throw them at the ground at their feet. They're like, fine. Augie says, don't bother showing up to the concert. Heir to the throne, out. They get back into the golf cart and drive away. So, uh, Mordecai, Rigby, both sigh as they're walking up to Benson as he's looking at his destroyed, uh, kit. They ask, Benson, are you okay? Can you still perform that drum solo? Benson throws down a snare drum on the ground and he says, of course I can, but what does it matter if my kit's busted? No one cares if I play this thing anyways. Uh, but then Mordecai kind of encourages Benson saying, but we care. Well, what if we help you fix it? We clock wipe to later in the night to Hair to the Throne's concert. It starts off with a 3-2-1 countdown and then rock music starts playing. And it's just another mini montage of Hair to the Throne's concert. But while they're playing, we see backstage Mordecai, Rigby, and Benson setting up uh, the drum kit underground. We see them uh, quickly putting all the necessary pieces on a platform. And then we see Gunner do this uh, this rocker. Uh, I don't even know. So, I, yeah, I had a note about that. Um, the, yeah. the dance move that Gunner is doing while he's playing his guitar is the famous duck walk is what it's called. Yeah. It was popularized by Chuck Berry in the 1950s and also done... And also done by ACDC guitarist Angus Young. I think when we went to that one place in Plainfield, is it? Or, oh my god, Freedom Brothers. When we went oh, to yeah. Freedom Brothers, like, last last Tuesday, it was a uh, rock theme. And I think there was an ACDC uh, question in there. Um, There was, wait, was it, like, Trivia Night or something? It was Trivia Night. Oh, that's pretty cool. There is a, um, what is it called, uh, Hard Rock Cafe um, mm-hmm. in walking distance of where I'm at in the city. And yeah. it's also like a kind of like a mini museum. They have like uh, Jimi Hendrix guitars. They have uh, Prince oh. like suits that he wore and stuff. Ooh. It's really cool. Um, and, you know, it's um, a, a lot of people who, like, are interested in, like, rock history. I'm sure they could, like, appreciate this episode here because oh, yeah. it's it's things like this, like the the duck walk of Chuck Berry. People will be able to, like, recognize it, be like, oh, he, he, he did the thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, yeah, the montage, basically what's going on is as the concert is happening, Mordecai Rigby and Benson are frantically setting up the drum kit below the stage. Um and we get, like, a, a whole bunch of things throughout this concert. You'll just have to watch it to get, like, the full effect. But, like, um, there's, like, a huge inflatable, like, devil balloon that pulls up. And then um, 
Gunner kind of uses his guitar uh, to like shoot it down because there's like a guitar attached to it. And, you know, I don't know. As I watch this episode, I'm kind of seeing a lot of Motley Crue reference. And I'm not saying that because I'm like a big Motley Crue fan, but like I'm seeing a lot of similarities. Just in general. Yeah. Um, a lot of things that other bands don't do. Um, and I'm, I'm going to go over all this at lunchtime. Uh, later on in the show, um, the Hair to the, the, the Throne plays their ballad, and they do that little moment where everyone is holding up like flashlights and candles during a concert. And mm-hmm. I got to say, um, have you ever been at a concert where you hold up like flashlights and stuff? Uh, no, but I have been through or been to sporting events where I did have to do that. Dude, I got to say you've not lived until you've cried at a concert during a ballad while holding up a flashlight. It's like the most magical thing ever. You're just like in the middle of all the music. You're surrounded by all the fans, everyone singing along. Ah, it just gives me goosebumps. If there's one person that I would like for that to happen, at least in my first experience, it would have been Michael Jackson. Oh Yeah. Man. I would have legitimately cried. I remember in 2009. So my our parents are are uh, they're Gen Xers, so they were like raised in the 80s, you know. Yeah. Um, my mom is like a lifelong MJ fan, and so am I. And I remember we watched MJ's funeral on TV as oh. it was happening, and you know I was I was a fan of him then, but I I was like a little too young to kind of like feel anything. But my mom was bawling her eyes out during that i bet and you know because she remembers like all of the the old memories like um i actually read some of her old diaries and she has like little uh like historical like uh like stories in there where it's like oh today michael jackson's hair caught on fire and it's like it's super cool that she like wrote that the day it happened you know because everyone like remembers that oh yeah they're making a biopic i can't wait for that oh yeah uh the biopic of michael jackson did you hear is actually going to be played by mj's nephew i did and i think that is a perfect casting yeah it's so cool um earlier this year when my mom was visiting the city me and her actually saw michael jackson the musical it's basically like a well they're making a biopic movie but this was a biopic musical and Mm -hmm. obviously all the songs were his and the guy playing him um did you ever watch high school musical the musical the series no i have not (laughs) because i did not want to stain my memory of high school musical like that you know it's it's not bad um some parts of it is like kind of cringy and you could tell that it was written by a bunch of like old people that are trying to sound gen z um, yeah. But besides that, uh, one of the characters from, I want to say, season two, he actually uh, played MJ in the musical, and I saw him perform. Oh, what? That's cool. Yeah, and his his impression, his dance moves were spot on. Like, it was so good. Yeah, me and my mom were, like, crying at the end. It was so freaking good. I loved it. Um, but yeah, the... The Hair to the Throne keeps playing, and during the ballad, they kind of give a promo being like, Drumatron VI is coming up next. Um, Mordecai, Rigby, and Benson are putting the finishing touches on their the 150-piece kit, and they kind of stand back and uh, admire their work. Uh, we get out of the montage, and Augie says, Are we having a good time, Park? And now, playing the most impossible drum solo in the world. And then everyone counts five, four... Three, two, one. The Drumatron VI. And then um, a middle console out of the stage uh, comes up and it's all smoky. You can't see it because it's the big reveal. And the smoke rises and it's Benson. Everyone was expecting to see the Drumatron VI, but everyone gasped. And you could hear this voice being like, hey, who's that? Which is pretty funny. Um hair to the throne was not expecting that they're like benson and then we look over at mordecai and rigby who has tied up the sound guy as well as the drumatron vi and benson gives a monologue years ago something was taken from me from me from me and now i stand before you to reclaim it reclaim it reclaim it my name is benson 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 and i can play this solo. Solo, solo. 
and the whole thing was all echoey as you heard because i just put a voice effect on myself <laughs> um benson uh reaches over and he ignites the arm and fire he hits a button and then the whole like a big part of the stage explodes revealing a whole bunch of other percussion instruments that rise out of the ground and we we get into this huge montage that like i'm just gonna kind of skim through because it's there's so much going on augie kind of freaks out and then he's like no if anyone finds out that he could play this drum solo we're ruined and then benson starts the solo and holy shit this is like one of the best sequences in the entirety of regular show benson starts drumming and he's just going off at it um hair to the throne kind of pick up their instruments to use as like weapons um being like hey we gotta go stop him but throughout this montage um mordecai and rigby are kind of fighting the band members to hold them back so they can't stop benson from playing and then the rest of the park members fives and Wilson man skips pops and thomas they're in the audience and they're like oh wow, Benson's really doing it. Oh, we got to go help him. So they all climb onto the stage and the security guards try to stop him, but Skips yeets one of them into the crowd. Um, They're on the stage and then uh, Rigby, meanwhile, is getting hit by a guitar. He flies back. Mordecai is fighting Augie, but then Skips pulls Augie off and uppercuts him. Benson's continuing to play. Thomas tackles Gunner. Fives uh, throws the bass player and Muscleman finishes him off pause. And Benson is <laughs> still playing. And the audience is kind of getting into it. And they're all like gasping. And then um, Benson stands up from the kit and he kind of walks as he's playing down to the next section, which is more of like a like a, um, kind of an, an acoustic. Uh, there's like wood blocks. There's a timbale. There is wind chimes. Uh, I recognize all these instruments because I've played most of them. I see a cajon, a triangle, uh, maybe some djembes, congas, and even some like Japanese drums and then uh, mini gongs. And then everyone is cheering for him in the crowd. And then meanwhile, I guess the Drumatron VI cut free from his ropes because it kind of comes to life. On the little screen on the Drumatron VI, there's a red eye and the wires that were connecting him to, like, the console have turned into, like, little, like, spider legs. Um, Mordecai and the gang see this, and they're like, what the... And then Muscleman tries to punch it, but then he gets thrown. Um, Thomas, Pops, and Fives run towards it, but then they kind of get, like, shot away by a laser beam. Um, Drumtron VI goes straight for Benson, and then Mordecai's like, Benson, watch out! And uh, Benson... Benson quickly dodges it because he finishes that part of the section. The Drumatron VI uh, destroys the section that he was just playing at. And he hops on a skateboard and kind of wishes past a xylophone and uh, brushes some wind chimes. And now he hops onto a MIDI controller, which is a electronic drum kit, if you're not familiar. Basically what's going that's on... What that's called. Yeah, a MIDI. <laughs> and basically what's going on here is... Anytime Benson plays on an instrument, he plays his section real quick and then he moves on to the next one and then the band members destroy the previous one. So he rocks it out on the MIDI controller, he runs past the next section, MIDI's destroyed, and then he gets into a huge 360 spinning drum cage. There appears to be a gigantic gong attached underneath it. And this thing is like attached to like a like a construction crane. And the park members are cheering because they're like, oh, yep, the band members can't reach you now. And Benson goes overhead the audience and he's like kind of shredding away at the kick drum and everyone's cheering for him being like, Benson, Benson. And Benson says, clear the way. And then all the audience members kind of like make room for Benson. And Benson reaches over and pulls down a huge lever, dropping the gong onto the floor. The gong crashes, and then Mordecai and Rigby are like, oh, it's the gong. And Gunner is like, oh, no, but that could only mean... And then we go up to Benson, and he kind of straps himself in like a little roller coaster. And the crane starts to go up even more, and Augie is like, oh, no, it's the 360-degree ascending sky cage. And they all start to scream at it, because Benson at... 921 he starts to spin while playing the drums and it's crazy like he's really going at it and uh augie is all like huh no worries mate 
there's no way that he was able to fit a gamelong on there. And then all of a sudden they could hear a gamelon being played. And then they all start to freak out, be like, oh, he's doing it. Uh, then the Drumatron VI starts to fly up there. And then he kind of starts to almost tackle Benson. Um, but Benson is still playing his solo and Rigby's like, oh, nope, he's past the point of no return. He's still going for it. And then the audience is still cheering after him. And then Benson's like, all right, it's time to finish this. And he is shredding away. Um, he's playing with one hand while the other hand reaches for the lever. And then the Drumatron VI grabs him by the arm and sort of wraps around him. And then uh, the band is laughing at him, but the park members are worried. And then Benson starts to scream. And he he is literally like, his chops are crazy. He's drumming with one hand and both of his feet are going for the double kick drum. And then he's like, my skeleton! Because... Like it was mentioned earlier in the episode, Benson's skeleton has caught on fire and Benson has burst into flames. This makes the Drumatron VI get weak and unle unleash Benson. Benson finally reaches over to the lever, causing him to fly down inside of the drum cage and he's screaming, whooshing down right on top of the gong, creating a huge nuclear explosion sonic boom and it like puts out all of the stage lights, like the Hair to the Throne members get their fake wigs blown off, which apparently they were fake. And um, everyone is covering their ears. But then all of a sudden, we hear the crowd chanting, Benson, Benson. And what happens now? So the park members go over to the little crater that Benson created as the crowd is still cheering on Benson's name. Mordecai compliments Benson saying like that was amazing you did it man you really did it then Mordecai apologizes for doubting that he could ever play that solo and Benson just says like I told you I told you I could then uh, Augie comes up to Benson saying we're sorry mate it was pretty uncool of us to throw you out of the band and lie about you we know that now you're the heart and soul of the band Benson Please come back. And then we see uh, Hair to the Throne with their uh, fake wigs still off and they're all still bald. The bass player still has like some really bushy eyebrows. You can't even see his <laughs> eyes. That, that's funny how like the whole running joke about the bass player is you couldn't even see his eyes. But even without hair, he still has that huge ass <laughs> brow line. Yeah. But then uh, Benson uh, says no. No, Augie, I don't need rock and roll, rock and roll's endless party, because the park is my rock, and managing it is my role. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got to get back to work. As he picks up a clipboard, gets out of the little crater, and walks away. Mordecai, <laughs> Mordecai and Rigby look really pissed off, saying like, are you serious, dude? And Rigby says, I know, right? Working at the park <laughs> blows. Uh, the subtitles say Benson, but I think oh. it's actually Mordecai saying, I guess we'll never understand that guy. As Benson picks up a piece of trash, and as he's walking away, he back throws, or he throws it behind his back, making it into the bucket, or into the waste bin. Mm -hmm. cuts, to, cuts to the credits, thus ending the episode. Yeah, it has the classic a character walking away into the sunset after accomplishing something great. Wow. That actually was pretty cool. Yeah, that was really cool. After playing an instrument, don't you get really hungry? I get really hungry, you know. After a whole like long marching band rehearsal, I remember one time my mom picked me up from rehearsal, and we went to I think Walmart, and I ate an Ooh. entire pizza. You know how they had like the hot pizzas ready like underneath the heater? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom needs to get some shopping done, so I grabbed a pizza and I ate the entire thing by the time she was done shopping. We still paid for it. We just showed the oh, yeah. the cashier the empty box, being like, yep, yeah, we're paying for this. I ate it. Mm -hmm. So, But yeah, I'm super hungry, and being a musician is tough, and that's why Benson is probably going off to lunchtime. Lunchtime! Lunch time.
All right, so we have a whole bunch of trivia for this episode. Uh, Benson reveals that he used to be a drummer for the rock band Hair to the Throne. Kind of like it was said at the beginning of the episode, we always knew that Benson was like in a band or whatever, but we never knew that it was like a respectable, like well-known, famous rock band from the 80s. That's really cool. Pop culture references, the solo Benson plays is based on Neil Peart's drum solo from the band Rush. Um, I remember it was sophomore year of high school. We did a Rush show for marching band, and we made finals with the show. It was the best show that we ever did, and because it was super cool. Did you like play the actual like hundred fifty piece kit thing? No. Um, oh. You know, despite Neil Peart having a huge impressive drum kit, uh, we we basically just like transcribed what he was playing, but like onto drumline. I mean, how would you... Never mind, that's like a whole deeper conversation. Yeah, I've tried to play uh, Neil Peart's drum solo, like or like a portion of it from Tom Sawyer. It's pretty hard. When, when, once you get your chops down, you could play it. But yeah, it's it's so good. Um, the 360 spinning drum kit section is based on Tommy Lee's drum solo from the band Motley Crue. So a lot of the stuff wasn't mentioned on the fan wiki. Um, and like I was saying, I'm recognizing a whole lot of things that resemble Motley Crue. Like, for example, Tommy Lee, of course, did the 360 spinning drum kit. And at every Motley Crue concert, they also have, like, the big inflatable, um, I guess, uh, sexy girl in tights. <laughs> and in Wait, what? Uh, they, yeah, it's like this huge thing that they do at the concerts. Me and Jake saw it. It was, it was, it was a cool effect. But in Hair to the Thrones concert, they had the big inflatable devil that we saw. And also, mm-hmm. we saw that Gunner kind of used his guitar as like a gun to shoot it down. Well, Nikki Six actually uses a flamethrowing guitar. Where like the, the neck of the guitar is like the barrel of the gun. Yeah. And it's pretty insane. And I don't know, I'm like, again, nothing is much on the fan wiki, but I'm kind of picking up on a lot of things. And also we mentioned that Gunner was seen doing the duck walk, popularized by Chuck Berry and Angus Young. We got some goofs. So during the concert, there's a couple of shots of Skips, Pops, Musman, uh, High Five, and Thomas seemingly at the back of the crowd. However, in a later shot, they are shown way closer to the stage surrounded by people. That's all I got from the fan wiki. So why don't you take us through lunchtime? Uh, in the season four, episode five, hundred fifty piece kit. Who was the antagonist of the episode? The antagonist. Uh, I will say that. Sorry, pro- protagonist. But yeah, you can answer antagonist first. <laughs> so the antagonist was Hair to the Throne, as well as the Drumtron Vi. Yep. So the who it was the protagonist. The protagonist of this episode was Benson. Ooh, yeah. That for um, I mean, when was the last time Benson was the protagonist? maybe it was think positive or busted busted cart maybe i don't know oh yeah maybe busted cart uh did you count how many o's or hmms were in this episode so there was only one o from hair to the throne and there were zero hmms interesting interesting were there any adult jokes made in the episode not made by us um, despite, <laughs> yeah, despite this being a notorious 80s rock band based on Motley Crue, there were no adult jokes, actually. Is Motley Crue really that vulgar? Not vulgar, oh. but like... Dude, I... I yeah. Just like how Mordecai said, I don't care how good your first album are, you guys are a bunch of jerks. That's how I feel about Motley Crue, unfortunately. <laughs> Specifically, Nikki Six. Nikki Six can eat uh, Nikki Six dicks. <laughs> Um, I heard you and Jake talking about it one night. I'm like, what are they talking about? Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. They've lost respect of, like, so many fans. Because it's like, when they started out the band, there were just, like, uh, three ass... Well, there's four people in the band, but one guy is respectable. So it was basically just, like, three assholes with who came from nowhere and who didn't have any money that just decided to form a band. And, yeah, they found popularity. They've made a huge fortune off of their success but that doesn't make the fact that they're still assholes you know yeah and i don't know there's a whole bunch of other things but yeah i've gone i I guess that's other people's curiosity to find out you should totally watch the dirt on netflix that's the biopic of motley Crue. is it really the dirt is such a fun biopic like it it shows like all of like the 
crazy stuff that they did. Like, they were the rock band in the 80s that, like, would throw, like, amplifiers out of hotel windows to landing on cars who would, like, oh. set off fireworks in hotel rooms and stuff like that. Huh. Like, okay. it, if you're not convinced, just watch the opening scene and you're definitely going to want to watch the rest of the movie. And when All you right. watch it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. So, uh, those were really iconic moments from Motley Crue. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about in this show? Did you find any iconic moments in there? Benson's drum solo. I think that is pretty iconic. And with it being music related, were there any licensed music used in this episode? So there were no real life songs, but Benson's solo was written for this episode. And I think it was written perfectly. Yes. Really cool. Mm-hmm. So on a scale of one to five, how would you rate this episode off for memorability? Oh, dude, I give this a five. This is great. I also give this a five. As a person that doesn't really listen to much rock, I think this was a really awesome episode, and I will remember, and I do remember this. Mm-hmm. So would you say this is a skip or a must-watch episode? This is a must-watch episode, and I'm just going to say now, this was a good episode as well. I agree on both. This is definitely a must-watch, not only for character development, but also it's a fun watch, Mm. and it's really good. So, in total for regular show, we have 111 O's and 74 hmms for the entire series. And Josh, now that we've broken down the show, would you say that ChatGPT gave an accurate or inaccurate description? Did Rigby uh, obsess over a 150-piece toy kit? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I'm afraid ChatGPT got this one very wrong. This is probably the worst one so far. Oh, yeah, most of... I kind of want to know if we did this back in, like, season one and two, or season one through three, I want to see if that... Uh, would have done anything or if it would have been accurate for at least half of them you know when i was brainstorming uh regular chat i had actually tested it on some of the season one episodes and i gotta say it did not describe it perfectly at all well you know i guess we guess you picked a perfect time to use it then yep um yeah, so that's our episode. Before we log off for today i want to say that um a YouTuber known as EMC Productions actually performed a rendition of Benson's drum solo in real life. Uh, oh, I gotta see this. Yeah, um, we are going to link these on our Twitter as well as the description below. Uh, basically, EMC Productions, if you don't know who he is, I guess he's kind of like the binging with Babish, but with music. Anytime there's like a cool drum solo in TVs and movies, he'll play it in real life. And so that's what he did with Benson's drum solo. And he also transcribed the entire thing and like made sheet music out of it if you want to learn it yourself. Okay, that's actually kind of cool. He also does this really cool series called They Never Animate the Drums Correctly. Um, (laughs) So you know how in like TV shows, like you could tell that what you see on screen with the animation is not what's being played. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Like, I know that's fake. uh Uh-huh. So he transcribed and played what the drums would actually sound like. For instance, Benson's drum solo is supposed to sound like this. But in actuality, what Benson played was actually this. So that's just a little fun cartoon logic that you always see with music. Um, But like like we said, if you want to see these EMC videos, uh, Benson's performance, the transcription and animation series, you can find that link on our Twitter, which is at ExcellentPod. And the link to all those videos are in the description of this episode. Do you got anything else, Josh? 150 piece kits can burn your skeleton. Yep, so be careful. Uh, You got the sheet music on EMC's channel, so just be careful when you're trying to learn it. Thanks for listening. Get back to work or you're fired.